0: So this week we're looking at Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 25, um, but we're going to be paying particular attention to just the first three verses, that's intentional, we're not actually going to get to the creation of humanity today, that will come next week, uh, so please don't race ahead, uh, just stay in that space <laughs> before we get to the humans being created. The big idea this week is to see that God has created all things purposefully, that God is the creator And he has intention and purpose in his creation. He starts by creating an uninhabitable chaos, which will reveal his purpose then for the creation. It reveals his love that he has for all that he's about to make. So, first three verses then. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Three big things just to sort of pick up on then in the start. Verse 1, as we mentioned in the intro, the idea here is in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He created all things. This idea of it being heaven and earth is and everything in between. It's this sort of idea of the whole that has been created. So the first basic principle for us is, in the beginning, God created all things, the heaven and the earth. Now, again, the word heaven here means the skies, the earth means the land, that which is above us, and that which is like sort of where we are at, the physical space, all that we can see and know, God made it. That's a huge principle just for our young people to get. God is separate then from his creation. He's above it. He rules over it. He's not dependent on us or anything that's been created. Rather, the other way around, we are completely dependent upon him. Straight away, that's a big concept. We've been made and created by someone altogether greater and different, set apart from us. This is the very first part of our understanding in knowing what it means for God to be holy unlike us, different, set apart. Worth considering, again, the culture, the context that we're hearing this and writing this initially, the idea of a creator God isn't foreign to other religions, beliefs, cultures, nations at the time. The children of Israel are existent In the space between two primary cultures of their day, the Babylonians and the Egyptians, as well as all the other kind of tribes and nations around them, who all will have had their own understanding of how things came to be. The Babylonian sort of story is one of the most famous ones. You might have heard of the god Marduk and the idea of the big battles between the gods. Um, and the, the blood that sprays out of throats and stuff like that then forms matter which forms into an earth, into humans, the humans then live in order to serve the gods, all this kind of stuff you hear of the Egyptians praying to the gods um, and, and offering sacrifices and idols, serving them in Hopes that they will repay their service to them with rain and with sun and with good crops and things like that. So they lived in a culture that had their own sort of beginning stories. And what Moses is saying, what God is revealing to his people, is let me tell you what I'm like and what I did. In the beginning, I created the heavens and the earth. There was no war, there was no battle between gods. This wasn't a contest. Chaos isn't a result of God being at work rather chaos comes intentionally from God so that he can bring order to it now it's worth just remembering that because we need to understand that our God the God of the Bible is a God who is set apart from all of the gods he's not like them he doesn't contest with anyone rather he chooses he designs he brings about according to his will no one else's That's big for our young people to realise. We're not a product of accident, of chance, of war or of battle. Rather, a loving creator God who is self-sustaining, creating first and foremost. Verse 2. The earth then that he's created, the land that he has created, is formless and empty. And darkness is covering the waters. What's the big picture that just comes across here? This earth, the land that's been created... Don't think necessarily just a big mush or ball of plasticine, although I don't think probably it's too far off that. Picture wilderness, just an uninhabitable space for humans, and the waters are filling the space. Altogether, this is not a place where life is going to exist and flourish, and God's made it that way to start with. It goes on to say that the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. The idea of hovering conjures up an idea of restlessness, not feeling settled, of not being at home, of being at peace. So even God in this space is not content. He is not settled. Think seventh day. He's not at rest yet (laughs) in the space that he's created. And what's the author trying to show us? God creates off his own back, self-sustaining, He creates a piece of land, or the earth, if you like, as it's referred to here, but think, a piece of land that he's now going to form and fashion. But it starts off by being a mess. Purposefully, intentionally, then, he wants us to see that none of this is accidental. Rather, here's the potter with the lump of clay. Now let me fashion something beautiful and brilliant, just as I've designed it to be. As we then go through the rest of the verses, we could spend loads of time on what they're saying, but I don't want us to. We can just read them. Each day, God said, let there be, for example, the first day, light. Then God said, let there be. And as we go through the six-day period, two sets of three, God is addressing the mess and the chaos from the start. The first three days, he creates the spaces within this chaos into ordered space the second three days, the second set of three, he fills those spaces with life. Then on the seventh day, when the work is done, he rests, displaying a model, displaying a pattern of order for Israel and subsequently then for us to follow. Within all of the other days, there's loads of things that you're welcome to pick up on, you're welcome to discuss and explore, but the big aim for this week are those three verses. In the beginning... God created all things. He created all of the physical space and matter around us where we exist. The land that he creates is an uninhabitable mess and it starts in this form. So that from the mess, he can bring order. He can create a place that is designed for life. And in particular, it's going to be human life to flourish. A physical space For physical things to exist in, which reveals something about the heart of God for us. So, then, uh, in light of that, a few things for us just to remember and consider. The first thing is, God then is the ultimate authority. He's not dependent on us, we are dependent on Him. He is separate from us and above us, and He is the creator of us. That's a huge, the implications of that are huge. Um, So be thinking about that, be thinking about how you can then apply that with your group. Also, he knows what's needed for life to flourish. He's the author of life. As the creator, he knows what life needs, not because he has to read the rule book and kind of obey it. Like, you know, think of a modern day scientist who, who needs to do the research, who needs to understand the principles and then apply them. Rather, he is just the author of life, so he knows exactly what is needed. So for us... As humans who exist in the space that He's created, we need to trust that He knows what's best for us. He knows how everything works, how we work, what we need, and what we require, both physically, very obviously, and above that, like spiritually, emotionally, and um, personally. So we need to we need to understand that as the Author of life, we need to trust Him in order to understand life for ourselves progressing from that or maybe just preceding that again this idea that we are not the result of an accident or an uncontrolled chaotic explosion or mess as was the teaching in the day throughout babylon and egypt and other ancient Near eastern traditions and cultures but even our own culture suggests something similar doesn't it with the scientific understandings that we have today and, and what the research finds, life is just the result of a chaotic explosion of, uh, you know, some sort of chemical reaction. Without getting into the science, the Bible's teaching us something more fundamental than that. That whatever means have been employed, wherever we stand on the scientific debate, it doesn't matter. Beyond it, underneath it, foundationally behind it all, holding the whole thing together, is a God who's created in the first instance. We should feel love and care and purpose as a result of that. That's a really big truth for us to really be considering and getting our teeth into. As well as that, finally, this is the start of our story of our human story, of our earthly story, of the story of the Bible that we begin to follow. Knowing where and why things begin helps us make sense of where we are now. Understanding purpose means using logic, having a framework that is coherent and fits. We need to understand the Bible and its purpose by understanding the start of the story. Now, in terms of where the start of the story comes this is just part one of two parts next week will be part two when god creates the humans but before we get to the humans i just wanted us to really dwell on this idea that behind all of creation is god god creates a mess purposefully to show his loving intent and design for what will become the apex the pinnacle the point of all of this creation the humans me and you God creates because he loves us. That's huge. It's going to be massive when we get there. But today, oh, this week, in this week's lesson, we just want to set up the big principles for what's to come. If there are any questions, please you've got to have questions. You've got to have questions. If you've read verses 1 to 25, if you just read 1 to 3, you've got to have questions. Be asking them. Be speaking about them. Be discussing them. Be reading up and praying. Give me a ring, give me a text. Love to go for a walk. I'd love to be discussing it as we're going through the weeks. But uh, yeah, I'm praying for us and for our young people as we spend some time in Genesis. These chapters are amazing. And what we're also beginning to do is hardwire and program our minds and our hearts with code by which we can then unlock and tap into the meaning of any other part of the bible i'm convinced of it so yeah i'm really looking forward to the next few weeks i'm going to end it there if you've made it this far bless you usually when i do a recording it takes one or two goals and then i smash it out i reckon this is easily my 30th goal so yeah speak to you soon Chat.